With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew here for our game-by-game NFL DFS show. Uh, so we, we're going to go through all of the, I think it's uh, 12 games on the main slate this week. Um, definitely a word of caution as we get into this, uh, and this is going to be true when we do the Friday show as well. Lots of injury stuff is, is really going to impact the slate, um, specifically Alvin Kamara. Uh, Saquon Barkley at the running back position. You know, we don't know uh, if, if Barkley is going to be able to be back. We don't know exactly what's up with the knee injury for Alvin Kamara. So lots of stuff kind of left up to uh, left up to, to chance this week. How we, how we doing Colin? You feeling, you feeling good about this slate? You feeling good about the AJ Dillon slate? <laughs> it's, it's a weird slate. I, I mean, a lot of moving parts, a lot of concussions, which you, I mean, a lot of these injuries, we can like take tells based on practice reports, but with the concussions, you don't know if they clear protocol until Friday. So it's always frustrating. The team or the game total is also a little bit lower. I mean, we got what one, maybe two games that I think that are going to gravitate, people are going to gravitate towards, but for the most part, uh, a lot of the best offenses are in slightly tougher spots than they usually are, which is always an interesting wrinkle too. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's start with this first game, which I, I think is one of the games that people will gravitate towards. Well, maybe not if they watched the Packers last week, but we have the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, decentish total here in this game, like 49 or 50. Uh, obviously, the, the big thing coming into this week is just that uh, a- A.J. Dillon is, is just um, one of the one of I mean, for me, he's like one of the biggest locks we've ever seen. And I, I have him projected, I think, you know, fairly cowardly. Uh, yeah, fair, fair. I mean, to be honest, fairly cowardly. Um, seventy uh, percent of the rushing attempts and nine percent of the Packers targets actually probably need to work on his. I, I'm looking at his market share of rushing touchdowns, and it looks a little bit low. But for for me, uh, I I probably am gonna play 100% AJ Dillon this week. Gonna play him in cash. Gonna play him in all of my tournament lineups because I think that. Even if he has owned something like what Ingram was owned last week, like 25 to 30%, I, I still think that's too low. I just think he gets hundred yards and a touchdown here, like a huge percentage of the time. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen it, I guess, time and time again throughout the season, especially these teams that have split backfields, if they're decent players and one of those guys goes down, oftentimes the backup projects even better than the starter would. And it's kind of what we're seeing with AJ Dillon this week. Like if, if um, Aaron Jones was active, like, Aaron Jones would have a solid projection, but now Dylan's going to take the majority of the backfield. They don't even have Kylan Hill who was, you know, put on the IR earlier this year. So like the, the depth isn't like quality NFL ready depth that they have. And I think all of that is definitely have us, you know, primed for a breakout game for it from AJ Dylan. So it is tough to get away from, especially at the price tag. I think if, you know, Hill was there, maybe you worry about passing game involvement, but it seems like this is a guy who's hardly going to leave the field this week. Yeah. 
Um, so I guess the, the other interesting thing then is, is do you prefer Devonte Adams or Tyreek Hill at, at their price points? And we have Tyreek projected a little bit better. Part of that is definitely that game environment. You know, that, that total is just so high and projects to have projects to be a lot of passes in that game. Um, but I, that, that definitely could lean to Adams being a little bit lower owned than we have become accustomed to him being owning. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's for sure tough. Uh, I do think the price tag, they can both get there. Like, I, I don't think AJ Dillon has to break the slate in order to pay off his price tag. So sometimes we limit skill position players to one per team, unless it's with the quarterback. I don't think you necessarily have to do that this week, but Tyreek, I think is a better play than Devonte Adams. You know, we usually have Tyreek with the highest ceiling on the slate at any positions, usually like a 40 point ceiling projection. Yeah. Adams is pretty close to that too, but um yeah, Tyreek, I think individually, if they're both the same ownership, I prefer him. Yeah. Um, and then on the Minnesota side, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same thing every single week. Dalvin Cook looks like a leverage play. He is priced up this week. Guy just keeps getting tackled at the one yard line. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson is way priced up this week after his big game last week. Um, so at 8,100, I mean... He's going to be a leverage play too. Yeah, like, he's going to he be five percent like, last week, and he's going to be five percent again this week. Yeah, uh, maybe honestly, maybe not even, maybe not yeah. even five percent because there's just going to be so many um, Tyreek and Devonte teams. Uh, all right, San Francisco at Jacksonville. This one is interesting because what what are they going to do with Eli Mitchell? Does he play? Uh, if he plays with a broken finger, how effective is he going to be? Do you risk a chance of like mid-game, you know, re-injury? Is he going to fumble? Uh, and and then you know, uh, Trey Sermon was active last week, but didn't didn't play. Jeff Wilson Jr. played about thirty percent of the snaps. Uh, you know, looked decent on on the touches he got. But the the question would become, if Eli Mitchell doesn't play, is Jeff Wilson Jr. a smash, or do we finally see Trey Sermon get used like he was in I, I think weeks two and weeks three? I don't think we see Trey Sermon get used. I mean, that game plan against the Rams was what, I mean, they ran the ball like 40, 45 times and they were blowing them out in the fourth quarter and Trey Sermon still wasn't able to find his way onto the field. So I don't think they have any trust in Trey Sermon. And I think Jeff Wilson would end up being a smash. They got the 26 point total against them. Jeff Wilson, even regardless if Sermon was to mix in as like a 20% you know, back behind Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson would be the guy who gets the first crack at all the goal line work as well. So I think Jeff Wilson would be a great play at 5,100. Um, like if he like Mitchell is out, if Mitchell is active, I guess I'd, it's like, I'm still gun shy at his price to pull the trigger just because what Wilson's had 25% of the carries last week, you know, Eli had 27 carries. So I don't know. I guess I'd just be gun shy to pull the trigger because I could see Wilson becoming more involved as the weeks go on and he continues to get back into football shape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, like he was activated like a week early and didn't play. So, so Jeff Wilson probably would be um, a, a Dearness Johnson level smash um, to be honest. And then, uh, you know, Debo every, every week, Debo just keeps it's it's unbelievable how hard Debo is smashing this year. Like it's great. Like even at even at 7,800 and I've even kind of toned down his projection from like what his actual usage has been. Cause I, I could, you know, we, I have Kittle for a pretty big workload and I have IU, you know, as, as a full-time player as well. But De- I mean, Debo has just been, his, his ceiling has been right up there with Tyreek and Devonte Adams on a weekly basis. 
Yeah, definitely. It was uh, pretty interesting, too, just because you could see last week that even though they knew that they wanted to run the ball like 40 times if possible to keep the Rams offense off the field, they still had Debo in the backfield. Like they're going to ensure Debo gets his touches and is involved in essentially any game script. So um, he will be a leverage option, too. Uh, Obviously, San Francisco would prefer not to have to throw a lot. They probably don't have to throw a lot in this spot. He's definitely, what, third in our projections behind Tyreek Adams. Pretty clearly not a priority compared to those guys, but I think because of that, he will carry lower ownership than them as well. Yeah. Are you interested in anyone on the Jacksonville side? Probably not. I guess there is part of me that wonders whether or not they're, like you could stack Jimmy G at a pretty cheap price point. Like 5,600 is not quite as cheap as I'd like well, it to now be. That, now that but, they're not bringing Lance in at the goal line, you know, they yeah. did that the first couple of weeks, but that's And Kittle's been now. fed a bunch more too. So um, I get, he's kind of priced right up there with Darren Waller, who I prefer, but I, I, the Jacksonville guys are fine, um, but I'm not super interested in them. I, I would say, I mean, Visca's 4,100. James Robinson, probably 6,400, the guy you would consider, but not super interested. I mean, Dan Arnold, just every week, five five for 65, sitting at at Uh, 4,100. If he he scores, he he pays off. Um, So Detroit and Cleveland actually is fairly interesting. One, because we're going to have, we're going to have Chubb. uh, We we should have Chubb back active here. um, And, and he should be without, you know, Kareem Hunt will not be there. I don't think they'll give Dearness Johnson a ton. I think Chubb's workload will look a lot like it did two weeks ago. And with with not giving him very many targets because it's Detroit, his projection is just insane because Detroit just gets absolutely crammed on, on the ground. You know, teams just run crazy against them. So we, we like, Chubb is just picking up a ton of efficiency here. Um, his projection might be a little bit high right now, but even if it, even if I gave him, you know, 60% of the rushes and 5% of the targets, I think he'd still be hitting optimals. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some of the running back, I like, I just, I prefer to pay up at ceiling at wide receiver. So if you're comparing the, the pure ceiling of Nick Chubb versus Tyreek or Devonte Adams. Like even if Chubb smashes, like it could still just not quite be good enough if those guys have big games too. So I don't know. I mean, I definitely agree with all the inputs. I'm just uh, struggling to to spend that price on a running back in general this week. Um, I, DeAndre Swift, I think, is interesting too. Like Swift been, is is interesting if Jamal, which and I don't think Jamal Williams is going to play because he didn't even. So they last week last was week. after their bye weekend. He had not even returned to practice. Um, yeah, and he got what 33 carries and six targets in that game. Like. He, yeah. I mean, we have him for 72% of the rushes and 20% of the team's targets. Yeah. And you can, I mean, you could argue that's conservative on both accounts too. Cause in these games, he's getting like 80% and he's getting like all the passing work that Jamal Williams was getting too, which wasn't immaterial. So he's like, I mean, you could argue that DeAndre Swift right now is as good as like peak CMC as far as usage. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I, and I'm not, That's I'm it not in, I, like yeah, nothing. Else I'm not, for... in, n- not interested in Jarvis Landry, not interested. Well, maybe, maybe a stab or two on Donovan people's Jones. Uh, like it, in MME, I think I would sprinkle DPJ, uh, but Landry's Landry's role has just been gross. Um, and, and the, the Cleveland is just going to run the ball here. They, they do not want to throw case Keenum might even start this game. Uh, so new Orleans versus Philadelphia is interesting because Alvin Kamara doesn't play last week you know ingram gets seven targets he's he is you know far more effective than anyone would have dreamed that i think 34 year old mark ingram 
um, would be, which is amazing in and of itself. Now, obviously, if if Kamara is back, he's also pretty interesting at 8100. But I don't. He did not. It it sounded like he was not even close to practicing last week. Like it, they they ruled him out on Friday. Um, which I, I think I would be at this point, I'd make it about 50, 50 if, if Kamara plays or not. And we'll know today if he, if he's close to returning to practice. Yeah. I mean, Mark Ingram at 5,400, like right now he's one of the best plays on the slate. Um, like you said, it seems crazy. I think like Jeff Wilson would become comparable if he ends up getting activated to like the starter status, but yeah, Ingram played on 57 snaps last week, 67% of the team's rush attempts. He was, you know, targeted to almost the Kamara-esque usage. Like, I mean, Simeon, definitely the type of quarterback that likes to check the ball to, down to, to the running back. Check it down, yeah. We were maybe a little worried. So, like, Ty Montgomery, I think, was um, playing on some of the uh, passing downs early in that game, and then he went into the tent. And so I don't know if he was, like, full go. I mean, that guy if, just, just injured all the time. I know. I was, like, wondering. He might have taken the passing work, though, if he was full go, because I was, like, pre-tilting that, because I went heavier on Mark Ingram than Dernish Johnson. So, I don't know. That would be, like, the one, like, small pause, but um, it, it looks pretty good for Ingram. Yeah. Um, he And he would be a similarly good play this week to what he was last week. Uh, I'm not interested in a single pass catcher on New Orleans. I mean, maybe Troutman, Troutman has gotten more targets with Semyon than he did um, with Jameis or with Taysom, but you know, whatever. And then on the Philadelphia side, uh, I, I do think that Devonta Smith, even at this price tag has kind of earned himself weekly um, MME darts because he has such yeah. a huge target share. And they're, they're finally the last two weeks, they've thrown the ball down the field to him. Hertz Hertz looks way better as a passer the last two weeks for me. Yeah. And I think Hertz is at least in the MME mix too. His price is kind of below like the, the price tag of these upper tier quarterbacks. He still has all the rushing upside and mobility. And like you said, like Devonta Smith is 28% of the team's targets over the last four weeks. He is a true alpha in this game. We don't know if Dallas Goddard will be active or not, but um, it just opens up more opportunity for him. So um, I think Devonta Smith, hurts kind of the single stacks potentially mix in ingram those are probably the plays from this game for me yeah uh, and um you know so they're kind of interesting i i so i have goddard projected out right now and i have richard rogers elevated from the practice squad people might remember richard rogers from when goddard and Ertz were out last year i don't know if any of these guys would have a role between stall rogers or tyree jackson who's a converted quarterback but they're all you know minimum priced or whatever I think like Stahl seems like he's going to see the he's field a block. ton, but he's, he's just a block. Just block. And I mean, we don't like they ran the ball so much against Denver last week. We don't know for sure, but it, it seems thin. Like the other guys seem like they're dogs to get on the field frequently, whereas Stahl will be on the field, but he's just Ty- Ty- Tyree Jackson played, played a lot last week. He played like he, I think he played like, uh, let me, let me look it up. He played, uh okay i can't find it he played like 35 percent of the snaps last week after goddard got injured in game okay but rogers rogers it would kind of be and it's one pretty of those... thin though right 35 like goddard was injured early so it's still pretty thin yeah i i would i would the the one spot where i'd be interested in is if they said richard rogers is getting activated and he's starting at tight end because we've seen richard rogers um, in this Eagles offense get targets before, which I, it sounds gross, but tight end is disgusting this week at the lower end. Like there's not a Dan Arnold play this week. So I'm, I'm really um, searching. All right. Our next game, 
the Baltimore Ravens at the Chicago Bears. Uh, they cut Le'Veon Bell, which I think to me indicates Latavius that Latavius is going to be back. But but Devonta has been good. Mm-hmm. Um, not that no, I guess it's honestly more of like a showdown thing. Like we're not playing fifty one hundred Devonta. <laughs> The, the, the interesting thing is that Marquise Brown has got this big price hike. He's up to 7,100, but I, he's still basically the same play he always is. Like, he can get 100 and a score pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, he de- not super easy. I, it feels like the – it's probably the worst spot, I guess, we've had for Baltimore in some time, which maybe means that we'll end up as pretty good leverage options. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean – like the the 8k tag i mean they've got a team total that's like four or five points lower than they have in the past like chicago playing slow chicago trying to play run heavy definitely feels like a tough spot to use baltimore um but all, all your points are fair and 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 i mean bateman, bateman is 4500 so like if you are playing lamar in the mme mix like bateman's 4500 hollywood um brown is priced up watkins is cheap he didn't play as many snaps as first Game back and he, he like sabotaged the team he was so bad <laughs> uh, yeah so I, I mean Bateman I guess would be interesting because he he didn't lose any of his role with Sammy Watkins returning which was at least like a lingering question mark is what their three wide receiver sets would look like yeah um and then I I literally am not interested in a single play well Actually, I think Cole Komet is going to be the the chalk cash game tight end this week, which I mean is terrible. He's got like a, no. you know, a ninety yeah, percent. Yeah, he will. No, yeah. he is. Yeah, I mean, he I'm, pretty, hit 20% I'm pretty sure of he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident he's going to be the the chalk cash game tight end. Not because he's a good play, but just because he kind of fits. Maybe it'll be different if Ingram and Jeff Wilson Jr. and AJ Dillon are all in there. You, you'll be able to play someone a little, you know, a little bit more expensive, but. If, if, if Kamara plays, I do think he probably will end up being pretty popular. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. The mind, the mind of a cash game nerd. You just gotta, you just gotta grind those eight points out. So much better to play tournaments where you don't have to think about Cole commit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. The Washington football team at Carolina. Uh, I guess interesting here that Gibson got a huge price decrease um, based off of like his usage before the bye week but he was pretty much back to uh, actually that, that role he played, last week was expanded yeah Yeah. it was the best role he'd had all year 24 carries two touchdowns two targets uh hardly anything for mckissick hardly anything for Jarrett patterson and uh this i mean this should be a game like the washington football team can win this game uh which you don't say about them very often yeah i mean it was the perfect game script for gibson just because the bucks were turning it over the football team got up early in that one so i think that's part of like part of the reason they were able to use Gibson a lot more than McKissick, but like even his rush share was higher than it has been. Patterson's just not going to see the field, but um, yeah, I mean, Gibson somewhat interesting on the price decrease, I guess, Christian McCaffrey still not up to peak Christian McCaffrey price. He only played on 50% of the snaps, but they're basically getting the ball every time. He's He's going to lose all, he's going to lose all the touchdowns now. (laughs) To Cam. Yeah. Cam, Cam, Cam had what a two yard rushing touchdown and a two yard passing touchdown to Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I'm uh, the cam pass and touchdowns. I'm not quite as worried about. I'm re- I'm pretty worried about DJ Moore to be honest. But I think CMC still gets used a bit. I don't think they'll go like full Belichick, where like Cam is just the sole goal linebacker. What do you mean? You mean you think Cam is bad for DJ Moore? Um, I'm I'm concerned that they just run the ball more, and that what Cam showed last year when he's throwing the ball infrequently is just not great for DJ Moore. I mean, I, I think I go, I go the other way that the Panthers quarterback play can't possibly be worse 
And if Cam can even be like a Joe Flacco esque passer, he might actually, he might actually. I mean, the way it gets worse is like if they just, they just, it's this, it's just as bad except they don't throw it as much. So that's, I guess, my concern. Uh, I mean, like I, I, at fifty nine hundred, DJ Moore looks like a pretty good dart to me. Um, you know, just, but again, it it could be, it could be pretty bad. Fifty one hundred. I, I feel, I mean, I have, I haven't run our stuff yet. Is he the, is he the cash game quarterback? I, p- people will play Dak or Mahomes, I think probably. Yeah. I mean, I think there's still the ability to spend up. He hit like 9% of optimals though. In my like, like 150 max run. Yeah. I actually think there's like enough value this week that people are just going to play Dak or Mahomes, but uh, it certainly, certainly $5,100 cam can get there pretty, pretty easy. Yeah. Especially in this matchup. All right. Uh, the Miami Dolphins against the New York Jets. I've not updated our, our Jets projections for, for Joe Flacco starting at uh, quarterback. I mean, really the only, the only playable jet right now looks like Michael Carter, who continues to get loads of the team's targets. They, you know, maybe, uh, uh, Keelan Cole or Elijah Moore or whatever would be playable, but they're, you know, playing like five wide receivers and they're, they're rotating them all like Braxton Berrios is in there. Jeff Smith is getting snaps. So even with Denzel Mims, uh, who, who might even be back this week, these guys are, are not playing enough of the snaps, but Miami has probably one of the biggest decision points of the slate, which is Gaskin, who is just getting this insane. Like he literally is getting like RB one usage. I think he's got, um, he's got like 54 carries the last two weeks or something. Yeah. He's or 34 carries for 56 yards and eight targets the last two weeks. Like he's getting a lot of work. He's just doing nothing with it because the Dolphins offensive line is so bad, but I mean, the jets are, are basically the most pathetic team in the NFL. So it, it's kind of a, you're, you're between a rock and a hard place with miles Gaskin. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, the touchdown equity is higher, but I'm not even sure he's like a materially better play than Michael Carter at this point. So um definitely a tough one to figure out i think Tua back probably helps him out a little bit i think um we've got Devonta parker still out on the ir so i, I think waddle is at least a little bit interesting at 5600 prefer, probably prefer him slightly over gaskin probably only playing one dolphin in lineups um unless it's a stack which i'm probably steering clear of this week so uh, i don't know man we need jeff wilson on the slate to save us from having to consider miles gaskin yeah, I, I I'm totally comfortable playing Waddle as a one off too. Um, I don't yeah, you know I don't sure. think I don't think his ownership will get will get too crazy. Uh, Gasicki also, if you wanted to to bet on uh, a change in efficiency, I think Gasicki was targeted seven times last week with zero receptions, but his his role has remained the same even with the the shifting wide receivers around them i mean he's played uh over 80 percent of the snaps over in every game over the last month which we didn't know if that was going to happen um because he's not good at playing in line but they they finally started to use him in line a little bit so he he seems decent to me yeah he's he's running like 34 routes a game too so like similar levels to waddle more of a receiver that you get to play at the tight end position than the tight end yeah uh okay then the the tennessee titans uh, somehow are playing against Houston and have like no playable guys. I mean, AJ Brown, obviously I, I am firmly in the, not a believer in the Marcus Johnson stuff. I mean, he's been in the NFL for five years. He's never really done anything. I mean, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, we've got him projected for nine points right now at 3,500. Obviously if he scores a touchdown, then he becomes a, a much better play. Then I guess the other thing is 
you know, are like, is, is Dante Foreman playable uh, against the Texans? Like probably not. What's his price on FanDuel actually that um, maybe, maybe he would be a little bit playable on FanDuel if he's like super cheap. I'll, I'll, I'll find that. I got it right here. You know, he's, he's 6,200. Okay. Yeah. No, if he was like 5,200 though, I, like I think 4,500 or something. Yeah. yeah. I think he would have been playable on FanDuel. I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like the Titans are going to have success running the ball here, but maybe it's just spread spread between all three guys and Tannehill gets a rushing touchdown. Like, like obviously that can happen. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the biggest question is like, what is their offense going to look like without Derrick Henry? We've seen a small sample size where they, they were able to get into a positive game script and they ran it 56% of the time. Their, their first game with Foreman and Adrian Peterson back there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's for sure tough. AJ Brown's definitely the best player in the game. He's probably the only pass catcher I think you can consider just because there's a pretty good chance they're able to stay run heavy, and that means that the passing volume is going to be down a little bit. Um, if the passing volume is up, if they run more of like the pro style, like 60-40 pass split, then AJ Brown project even higher. So I think there's some like upside to his projection kind of above and beyond where we have it here. Yeah. Yeah. I, and no one is playable for Houston for me. Um, they're, they're just better alternatives than Brandon cooks. So. Yeah. He's, he's like fringy. I don't think you have to go there. Um, he hit like 2% of my enemy runs. So take that for whatever it is. Yeah. All right. Um, so Hugh, uh, Indianapolis and Buffalo. So apparently Cole Beasley has a rib injury. I think he, I think he, I, I know that he was limited last week. I'm going to look up how many uh, snaps he played. Yeah. He only played nine snaps last week. So if Beasley is either limited again or uh, is, is out in this game, you know, that is uh, that's pretty much a boost for, for all the guys. I mean, uh, Gabe Davis played 52% of the snaps. Isaiah McKenzie spread in there too. Dawson Knox was back to an 84% target share. The the guy who the guy target who share, hit, buddy. That would be a lot of targets. Yeah, uh, uh, snap share. So the guy the guy who has has really fallen off has been Manny Sanders. You know, zero 100 yard games, uh, no touchdowns since the games against Kansas City. The the shine is off the apple with with Manny Sanders a little bit. So it, Gabe Davis would be the one that I would be interested in if Beasley does not play at at 3900. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's fair. I guess the Manny Sanders thing, it, it's hard to know for sure, just because he's still running like all the routes and a lot of his air yards were on deep targets. And if that stuff has just been taken away, I still feel like there's some potential upside there. His price has kind of stayed stuck. So um, I don't think it's an elite play, but I think it's an option. And I, I mean, we've started to see digs kind of progress back towards that 26 to 30% target guy. And especially if Beasley is out, you know, one of the chain movers on the offense, I think Diggs gets a lot of those reps as well. So I think this is one of the weeks where you probably get Josh Allen at lower ownership just because yeah, um, it's a, it's not like a, a tough matchup, but it's not like they're not quite as heavily favored. Their team total is just below 30. So it's a pretty interesting spot, I think, for tournaments. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's pretty interesting, especially if Beasley doesn't play because Diggs, Sanders, and Gabe Davis all become, and, and Dawson Knox all become, marginally more interesting and then on the uh indianapolis side i mean your your bring backs are it's it's just michael pittman jr uh and then you know if you want to talk about like insane leverage jonathan taylor is will be you know five percent on this week maybe and uh he he was targeted he he's had a couple spike target games you know we don't yeah. we don't think about jonathan taylor as as being 
you know, a, a pass catcher, but when they scuffled a little bit last week, I mean, he was targeted eight times, targeted seven times in week one, uh, had four targets against Baltimore with a hundred receiving yards and a touchdown uh, in week five. So like he can, he can do it in the receiving game and it, it, Removing Marlon Mack really does improve his, uh, especially his ceiling projections. Yeah, I, th- I think that's for sure. I think that's fair. I would consider T.Y. Hilton only as a bring back on some of these bill stacks just because like he, you still got the, the deep targets there. But the bill, Buffalo's defense has been so good. That's part of what's kept all these game stacks for Buffalo down. Maybe yep. Indy is good enough to put up some points. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know if they are. I'm not, not a big Wentz believer. Um, so Cincinnati, I, I guess you know, we got we got uh, we got the um, the respite from dealing with T Higgins last week. He's, he's, he's back gotta, in our lives. He's fifty four hundred <laughs> this week. I mean, T Higgins got to pay us off more more targets per game than Jamar Chase. Which if you if you know if you if you said that to someone, they'd be like, no way, no way, that's true. But uh, it it is in fact true. I think he has. Yeah, he's even got more receptions per game than than Chase, which is it feels like a lie, but it is it is true um 26 you know. target share i mean it's it's a great role like the touchdowns haven't been there but they're coming eventually it seems so like as think, good of a spot for any for the touchdowns to come you think this is a game stack game i definitely do i think it's a pretty good game stack game because burrow is he's fairly priced but he's reasonable t is um cheap and then jamar chase is expensive but expensive enough that he won't be super popular because it's almost approaching the Tyree Kill Adams one. So I think it's a pretty good game to game stack. Yeah. And then uh look we got we got Hunter Renfro just gets there every week 5800 uh Darren Waller's price down. I mean how crazy that Darren Waller starts out the season with that game against the Ravens and then turns into a ghost after no, that. It's but the he's... same price as Hunter Renfro and you're still not like sure if you can play him. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, Brian Edwards is just like, we're, we're just going to whisk cast on, on this guy forever. He just, he just does not do anything. I mean, three, three for three for 88 and a touchdown, I guess. Buddy, if he had one fewer catch on that football game, I win $200,000. So he he's done enough. uh, Yeah. You don't, you don't love to see it. Um, it. And then look in terms of like true minimum price guys, Zay Jones played 88% of the snaps last week. I I think D Jax will play more this week, but maybe he won't. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe D Jax will just be just like um, a rotational guy. It's like, he'll maybe he'll play a little bit more, but I mean, he's going to get like three deep targets a game kind of ceiling. He's not going to play every down. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I've played, I've played thinner plays than, uh, Zay Jones, who played 85% of the snaps against Kansas City in my life. Not, not that I am advocating for him, but if you are doing this game stack thing, again, made worse plays. Zay Jones was the one who caught the, yeah, he caught the touchdown in overtime week one against the Ravens. So there you go. If you're looking, if you're looking for uh, a little bit of reason to do that. I mean, speaking of bad plays, how bad am I if I chase the the Byron Pringle play for the Kansas City? Chiefs? No, he's a great play. He's probably the only good play from that game, which we're we're gonna get to right now. So this is the issue with the Dallas Kansas City game. Everybody's priced up uh, except for Amari. So Amari's sixty two hundred. CD is 7,200. Gallup is 4,200. I originally thought people might play Gallup in cash, but it's just kind of hard to give him the targets. Um, and then in Kansas City, everybody is is full price, right? Tyreek, 8,200. Uh, Kelsey is 7,100. The quarterbacks, uh, I guess you could say Mahomes at 7,600 is actually a little underpriced. And then, you know, the other question for this game is CH is going to be back. I, I, I have... Is he um, the backup for the starter? 
<laughs> also, that's like what... Darrell Williams, like best game of his career. I have, so I have CH for more rushes. I have him for 42% of the rushes and Daryl Williams for 37%, but I have Daryl for 9% of the targets and CH for 6%. And I think that is correct. I think that's the right way to do it. And maybe I'll, maybe we'll get reports this week and maybe I will tweak these projections, but it would be, I just think it would be bizarre for them to completely hand the reins back to, to Clyde at this point. Yeah, I, I, I don't, if we see it, I would think we would see it gradually over time versus his first game back. So I think you're probably right, but he's probably involved enough that he probably takes the value out of Daryl Williams. I mean, and every running back in this game, Zeke, Pollard, Daryl, CH, they're all leverage on what is going to be one of the chalkiest game stacks we've ever seen. I mean, just every, everyone is going to be stacking this game. I'm curious to see where the field goes. Like it's too early in the week for us to have ownership projections up, but I think it's fairly affordable to stack this game with upside because Byron Pringle did play like what 80, 75, 80% he, of he, snaps. He outsnapped, week. he outsnapped. So the week before and he had he always been like, go ahead. Yeah. Well, he outsnapped D Rob for the first time two weeks ago. And then he outsnapped Hardman and D Rob both uh, together for the first time this last week. Yeah, and like he'd always been ahead as far as like targets per route run uh, of the tertiary guys as well. So the fact that you're also seeing the spike now and being on the field, I think is a pretty good sign. So like you can do Mahomes doubles with, you know, one of Tyreek or Kelsey and Byron Pringle. You can do Dak doubles with both the alpha receivers and bring it back with Pringle. Or you can do it the same thing with Michael Gallup, who, you know, the target volume wasn't there, but it doesn't have to be there every week. Like what was there was the same role that he had in week one against Tampa. So um, I think there are a lot of good ways to game stack this game. It, it's it'll just, be popular. It's I just, just don't know so, where the field is It's just so go. easy. It's so easy. So like just right now, I just made uh, Dak, Ingram, Dylan, Tyreek, Amari, Gallup, and Kelsey. Uh, and you can still get a min price guy in at the flex. If you go Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, you know, if we get Jeff Wilson Jr., then you're talking about you have like $4,000 for a flex. So it's just like, it's so, it's unbelievably easy. And I know it's easy and I know everyone's going to do it and I'll still probably do it as my main GPP teams this week. Yeah, it'll just like, for me, it's like, will Pringle be like 5% or will he be like 15? Like, he'll be like, he'll be like nine and Gallup yeah. will be like 11. The, I, I think the guy who gets overlooked here the most is CD. I, I think Cooper ends up getting popular and Tyreek and Kelsey will obviously be popular and then CD falls in the weird price range and he ends up being less popular yeah that story checks for sure yeah um all right final game Arizona Seattle uh again I think the line is suggesting that Kyler is going to be back for this game I, I don't have that reflected in the projections <laughs> we thought that yet, last so. week too right we thought that we thought that last week too um you know, it, it would be a, a huge buying spot on the Seattle wide receivers. You know, I, I don't even, did Lockett even catch a pass last week? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. 6,800 Metcalf, 6,000 um, Tyler Lockett. I guess the, 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 the thing that's been so bewildering about the Cardinals is that DeAndre Hopkins just has a like-for-like like replacement, but it's not who you thought it was. It's, it's Antoine Wesley playing 80% of the snaps when DeAndre Hopkins doesn't play. Which, like, you know, if if they just went to a rotation of Rondale, uh, AJ Green, and Christian Kirk and Zach Ertz, like that would have been amazing. But Rondale is still playing, like, you know, twenty five percent of the snaps, which is just it's just a real it's, bummer. It seems, yeah, it's pretty clear that if at all possible, they want Rondale Moore to be the second slot receiver right now. Um, 
and Christian Kirk's been the guy who's seen the biggest usage spike during this time. And he's the guy whose role hasn't really changed at all. Uh, just, you know, one less guy in the field, I guess, to throw to because Wesley, despite being on the field, is not being targeted very frequently at all. So we'll see if, if Hopkins is back. Oh, I he's mean, like I, a, he's Demarcus Robinson West, right? He's just a, Antoine Wesley. is just a traffic cone. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, like there's, I guess the Seattle guys, like a, a little bit of interest. It's just like, these are oh, more I, I mean, I'm playing, me. I'm playing Metcalf this week. Like, come on. Like, this is so absurd. Like zero points and a Russell Wilson. And, and then Pete Carroll is like, Hey, we're going to run the ball more next week. We're going to run it even more. Yeah. We get, we got away from it in the fourth quarter when we were behind and yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know if this, Chris Carson's gonna this be is probably the, the sneaky game stack. Actually, this, this could be the game I could see getting real weird. This is the game. I just like you, you might late swap onto it if you need to, cause it could get weird, but you're definitely not building with this in mind as like your anchor to the week. I, think. I mean, given, given the percentages that I expect, I think I like these guys better than Cincinnati and Las Vegas. Like DK so, Metcalf. Like, you hit the nuts with the 1 PM players. Like, is there even any, oh, any no. reason? No, yeah. no, no, no. Then you, if you, if you have the nuts after 1 PM, you swap to chiefs cowboys guys yeah, yeah it's kind of like if you got the nuts then you play the chiefs cowboys if you're if your lineup's good but not great then you got cincy las vegas and if you need to make up some points you you hope arizona seattle gets yeah I, can, I already see lots of late swaps to dk metcalf in my future I'd love to see it <laughs> wasn't um, he hot, popular like he ended up like 50 no he ended up being stone week. chalk last week yeah. i think because so many people the keenan um, allen was uh was like leverage right yeah. Yeah. Which was, which was, um, really bizarre. Uh, but yeah, that'll, uh, that'll do it for us here. Lots of injuries, uh, to monitor this week. I, I have some work for myself here in the projections. Got to go, got to go, uh, re-upload Joe Flacco's player ID. Didn't, didn't ever think I'd have to get there. Uh, and we will be back next week, everybody. With the Wells Fargo active cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest Internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and Internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.